Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Room Podcast with Neil Griffiths on the Handshake Media Network. I'm your host, Neil Griffiths. Thank you for listening. Um, today's episode was a little bit improv because it was booked, fuck, what, yesterday? Um, I'm chatting with a US singer, Halsey, perhaps you've heard of her. Um, her new album, Manic, is out right now and holy shit, it is a really fucking good album. Um, of course, Halsey released her debut album, Badlands, in 2015, followed that up with Hopeless Fountain Kingdom in 2017, and now Manic in 2020. It's released today. Uh, she said for a while now this is her most personal album, and she wasn't kidding. I mean, it's the music's album of the week already. It features cameos from people like Dominic Fike, Sugar from BTS, and Alanis Morissette as well, which is fucking great. So yeah, on this episode, I spoke with Halsey, who was anxiously waiting in her LA home uh, for the album to be released. It's actually not even out in America yet. Um, So yeah, Australia is one of the first countries to hear it, and I'm one of the first people to speak to her post-release. So we discussed the album, why she decided to get so personal, what exactly in the album is she referring to. We also got to talk a little bit about her recent trip to Australia um, and her headlining set in Falls. Uh, which, if you didn't see, was also great. So here is me chatting to Halsey this morning. Check it out. All right, I am joined down the line right now by Halsey. Halsey, happy album release day. Manic is finally out there. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's like the biggest sigh of relief and also the scariest thing ever. Now, before we get into the the nitty-gritty, where are you right now? I'm at my house in L.A., um, where I will be for the next, like, two days until... You know, the madness kicks off, and then I go all around the world to talk about my album. Is it a a nerve-wracking time, or are you just very chill right now, just, I don't know, watching Netflix? Oh, absolutely zero chill. I've been up since, like, 7 in the morning, super anxious and excited. It's like, the the way I describe putting out an album, and I've been saying this all day, but it's like, it's like when you get someone a gift, right? And you think about it for a really long time and you put a lot of thought into it and like, you know, you consider all these different gifts, but then you figure out this one or like maybe you make them something handmade and thoughtful and you're like, you're, you're calling them and you're like, you're going to love this gift I got you. You're going to fucking love it. It's going to be amazing. You're gonna, I'm the best gift giver ever. You're going to be obsessed with it. I put so much work into this and you're so confident. And then the second you hand it to them, the second it's in their hands, you're like, oh my God, they're going to hate it. What if they don't like it? Oh my God. And like the anxiety of watching them open it in front of you is like that confidence just completely goes away for like five minutes of just pure agony. Yeah. Uh, and that's what putting out an album is like. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say five minutes before we kick this off, I just finished the album in total. Um, 929 is the last track on this album. Now, I know this is a very personal yeah, album for you. In. Is it easy for you to... to pick one particular song where you're like, holy shit, I'm actually getting very deep and personal on this one. 929 was definitely one of those. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of songs in the album that are like that. One of them is More. Um, More is a really interesting track because it kind of facades as a love song, but really the song is about my, you know, kind of struggles and my journey with, like, reproductive health. Um, everyone knows it's really important to me to have a family one day and... It was like a period of time in my life where I didn't think that was going to be a possibility for me, um, but it is now, which is super exciting. So I got so forward to after, you know, I take a little break in, in my career at some point. But you know, that song is really about 
just kind of that that just debilitating struggle of thinking that I was not complete because I couldn't do that because I couldn't you know have a child or do the thing that you know it's it's kind of like uh instinctually and intrinsically ingrained in us as women to believe that we're supposed to do um so that was a really that one where I was was one where I was like do I really want everyone to know this about this very sensitive time for me and then it was kind of like yeah you have to talk about it um 929 was just like I mean I'm just spilling my guts it was basically a freestyle I heard the guitar loop and then just got on the mic and it's one take vocal. You can hear me get like more and more agitated as the song goes on. And I'm like, you know, just kind of saying a lot of stuff. And there was moments that were hard. Like I'm on 29, I say, I stared at the sky in Milwaukee and hoped that my father would finally call me. Um, and, you know, my father and I have a great relationship now, but like as anyone with any family does, you know, you have your ups and downs and every time moments. And when I sang that, I was like, is this mine to sing or is this going to hurt him? Yeah. You know, and those moments are the hardest when, when you can spill your secrets all you want, but then as soon as you bring somebody else into the equation, your level of responsibility becomes very, very serious. Yeah, and in the lead up to Manic as well, I know you've you've kind of been having fun with fans who are trying to speculate on what certain songs mean, certain genres, and, and you really weren't kidding yeah. when you said you were fucking around with the genres. Like, there is pop, there is country, there's some R&B in this. Going into it, and you're talking about, you know, you're giving a gift to someone, like, when you're tell, tell, telling very personal stories, it's like sending a text to someone, and as soon as you send that text, too late. If you regret it, tough shit. Oh, yeah. Is oh, yeah. like, is there a part of you like, totally. while there's a, a, I'm sure a certain anxious part of you, is this also been a very cathartic experience for you, putting it all out there? Yeah, it has been. It, it is nerve wracking. You know, you do get that sense of like, because you get so empowered, and you're like, yeah, like I'm gonna take the narrative back, and I'm gonna say my side of the story, and I'm gonna turn my pain into art and be vindicated. <laughs> and then you do it, and you're like, oh my gosh, like now I feel bad for the other person. And, like, you know, for me, it's about having a good support system. I have, like, people around me who are like, no, fuck him. <laughs> if he made you feel that way at one point to write the song, that means that you felt that way, so you should say it, you know? So yep. that's, like, that's a, a definitely a really good a good thing to have as a support system. Because then I also have people around me where I'll write a lyric and they'll be like, that's too much. You can't, actually, you can't say that. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I got a little ahead of myself there. Um, but, yeah, it is it is definitely really liberating. I think, you know... It's been really sensitive for me kind of navigating that for a while because, you know, there's so many different kinds of um, relationships that we experience in our lifetime. And, you know, I I wrote on Hopeless Sound Kingdom about falling in love and having my heart broken for the first time. And it was a very innocent thing, but because of this, like, 21-year-old angst that I had, I turned it into this, like, paranormal melodrama, like, which is what it felt like to me at 21. And then I had this very adult relationship where... You know, like in Yishu, we said, I, I say, I'm so glad I never had a baby with you because it's like, you know, you have this adult relationship where you're talking about getting married and buying a house and having kids. And then you step away from it and go, how could I have ever thought that that was going to happen with this person? And also, thank God it didn't. And, yeah. you know, but the problem is, is that for some people, it's a lot deeper than that, because I find that a lot of people who relate to my music are people who are victims of domestic violence or have been in you know, relationships that are verbally abusive or, you know, their partners were, um, you know, there was infidelity in the relationship. And, you know, so when, when I see people accessing those feelings and relating to that, 
in my music, you have a responsibility to, you know, Without Me is a very sad song. Um, it's, it's a very sad song. You know, it's like, it's, it's like a how could you leave me? You're kind of dumbfounded at that point in the breakup. And then You Should Be Sad is kind of this growth where you're like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not sorry. I'm not sad. You should be. Because <laughs> I was the best thing that ever happened to you, and you totally missed out. Yeah. You know? But it's also, it's not said totally in anger. There's like, um, there's a subtext in there, in the song. It's like, I tried to help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I really did love you at one point. I tried to help you. So those, keeping all those things in check is really important when you carry the heavy responsibility of making music for people who you know, are dealing with really serious real-life circumstances. Yeah. All right, well, before we go, Halsey, then we have to talk about uh, Falls because you were just here. I know you were in Australia for, in November and then you came back for Falls. Um, I was at the Byron Bay show. Uh, so that was the January 1st cool. headlining show. 2015, yeah. no, 2016, you were back there at Falls, 6.20 p.m. on the main stage, uh, five years later playing <laughs> in front of thousands of people. People like to reflect on New Year's Eve and making New Year's resolutions, yours was directly in front of you, playing in front of a couple of thousand people to, yeah. oh, sure, 30,000 people. Five years has been fun. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it was definitely overwhelming. And, you know, it was a great first show of the, of the year, first show of the decade, too, because, like, I mean, I'm in Australia, which is, like, our, you know, I don't like to pick favorites, but it's arguably, like, one of, if not my favorite place in the world to perform. And it's because... I mean, one, though, you can't beat the crowds. They're just, like, so energetic and so engaged. Um, my music has always had, like, a really special journey in Australia because, you know, Triple J was playing my music when I was on my first album cycle before I had ever been to Australia, much less thought of people, you know, engaging with my music there. And, like, you know, so I have a great relationship with them. But the coolest thing for me with my relationship with my Australian fans and Australian media is, like, I feel like I get to grow and my music kind of, you know, whether it becomes, you know, it commercializes itself or the audience grows or, you know, the magnitude of the whole thing expands, everyone kind of still lets me be that 20-something-year-old girl, like, stomping around on the stage in combat booths, like, yes, screaming at the crowd, you know, like, they kind of let me, they let me keep the... I get to keep the, like, mentality of being an underground artist, but kind of still expanding into something else and it is really unique and it's like I can't really ask for anything else so it was amazing to be there it was obviously a really um conflicting time because I was enjoying myself but I was also watching you know everything that was happening with the bushfires across the country yeah. and flying from show to show which literally seeing them you know in the air every day flying from show to show like seeing the smoke seeing the planes from the air um you know, we did the benefit concert in Melbourne after the Lauren Festival got canceled and seeing everyone come together and just like a bunch of young people. And I say young people, but the crowd is really like people between ages like 16 and 50, like, and everyone was just coming together and enjoying their night and doing it all for a good cause. And I was like, damn, it must be tight to be an Australian. Like, <laughs> because it's, it's, you know, like that was a moment where I was like, wow, like seeing everyone come together that way and like still enjoy themselves but do it you know for a greater good i was like this is fucking tight do you do can we expect you to come back on the back of manix release you know what i think so i can't give anything away so i'm trying to keep my poker face right now um but well, i can't say it so that helps and bigger and 
Yeah, well, my, my, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to keep my poker voice. My poker voice. Um, the, the shows of good has gotten bigger and better every time. So, I um, any excuse that I have to come play in Australia, I'm going to. I'm going to take full advantage of for sure. Well, Halsey, we can't wait. Um, congratulations on Manic again. It is out right now. Um, go relax, put your feet up, do something to get your mind off it because it's great. It's fucking awesome. So, Halsey, thank you thank so much you. again. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you liked it. Thanks for talking to me, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye. The album is called Manic. It is out right now. If you haven't listened to it, go buy it, get it on your phone, do whatever you can because it really is a great album. And check out our review on themusic.com.au. It's the album of the week, and rightfully so. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all again next week.